If you need a laugh, here on your behalf It's bad mates, are we fighting crime? Or just wasting time? It's bad mates, lunch, boom, crash, kapow Stream it, download, holy cow You can stop listening now to bad mates Because we're bad mates Hello and welcome to Batmates, the number one Batman podcast whose host has a birthday tomorrow. My name is Becca and come join me. My garden needs tending. My name is Josh and I have some wild oats to sow. Welcome to Batmates, the Silver Age podcast where we talk about villains and today we, since it's my birthday tomorrow, we're going to talk about the hero... Not hero, villain that I most look like is Poison <laughs> Ivy. You know, she's a hero to me. Uh, it's you're gonna be your birthday the day that this episode drops. Yes. So happy birthday in advance. Yeah. Yay! Happy birthday in an hour and a half. <laughs> we're going to be covering uh, Batman 181, and we're going to look a little bit about at some news that has actually fresh, hot off the press news. I've got oh. for you. news that I don't even think you know about because oh, it literally okay. just dropped tonight. We're also going to go over Batman 183. So Batman 181 and 183, the first appearance of Poison Ivy. Um, we're also going to talk a little bit about Poison Ivy through history. And we're not going to do who would win because, as we've, as we've discussed on the podcast before, um, Pamela basically has superpowers, so she would win in most cases. Yeah. <laughs> if it was a fair fight. Yep. Um, but I got a little bit of news for you. Um, one of which does not really concern Batman, but is uh, brand new DC news that just came out today. Okay. Um, Wonder Woman 1984 is going to be releasing on December 25th in theaters and on HBO Max. Oh, So nice. I know what we're doing on Christmas. <laughs> we're going to spend Christmas with a cheetah. Oh, man. That CGI looks so weird. It's going to look fine. Uh, it's going to look good. I think it's going to look really weird. I thought it looked pretty good the last trailer I saw. Mm, okay. I Maybe. think Kristen Wiig looks good, too. Mm, okay. I think she's got some solid... Not a big fan. She's got some solid drama chops. Have you ever seen her in a, in a drama? No, I don't think so. She's actually quite good. Really? Yeah, I think she's a better... Hot take. She's a better dramatic actress than comedic actress. Really? Boom. That's Ooh, what I think. wow. Ooh, Kristen Wiig hot takes here on the podcast. <laughs> uh, so the other piece of news I do have is Batman news. Um, there is going to be in 2021 a Kickstarter for a Dark Knight Returns board game. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, here's the really Wait, so who's running the Kickstarter? It's run by Cryptozoic, who's the maker of a couple different DC board games, um, they've made Spyfall and a couple, like, reskins of Spyfall. Okay. Uh, they've got some Rick and Morty games in there. So why do they need a Kickstarter? They're like an already established board game company. They don't have investors? They probably do Kickstarters for most of their games. Just, really? you know, yeah, it's an easy way to fund. It's an easy I way guess. to see, like, you know, what's what idea has legs and what doesn't. That seems like a bad funding model to me. Crowdfunding? Yeah. I mean, just, like, as a general business model. <laughs> like, because if you run a few Kickstarters and none of them take off, you don't have any money in the coffers. Well, it looks like they probably run a few in the, in the successful ones just <laughs> looking at their website. Um, here's the other weird thing. Uh, the game is going to be a single-player board game. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, as far as I can tell, there isn't an option to multiplayer. 
Which makes me wonder, I mean, I guess it's because Cryptozoic isn't a video game company. Why not just well, yeah, why not just make a video game? A Dark Knight Returns video game? Because it's a pretty well-known story. I feel like it's a campaign people would want to play through yeah. and experience it in that like first-person narrative. Yeah, even if it was just like a visual novel or something that would cost less development. Ooh. What? Okay, what would you rather play? Um, a Dark Knight Returns like Arkham-style game? Like where... a third-person action game? Yeah, but the catch is that he's old so you can't run <laughs> or a dark knight returns dating sim uh definitely dating sim dark knight returns dating sim yeah i would like also uh if the dark knight returns uh like arkham style game you could play as uh robin hmm That'd be fun. Yeah. As a uh, Carrie? Yeah, Carrie. I like her so much. Yeah. Would you end up romancing Superman or would you fight him to the death? <laughs> Wait, who's the president in that one? Ronald Reagan. Reagan? Yeah. He, you can also date Reagan. Yeah, Ronald Reagan is definitely the choice in that. Yeah. Uh, great. So that's just a little bit of news. Uh, so we can get Do we right know any, it. wait, 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 do we know any details about this sport game? Is no. it, no? Okay. Let's, we just know who's running the Kickstarter. It's going to be starting up in 2021. We don't have any idea of like what it is, is a resource management or a deck building or. Uh, it's a single player. You play through campaigns. Okay. Uh, so it's going to be similar to that Fallout board game that we have where, you like move around and you're managing stuff then I, I would assume yeah okay i hope that eventually it comes out that you can play it with multiple people like you can with uh although then i guess if you're playing with multiple people the question becomes like okay well which one of us is going to play batman yeah <laughs> or you could do anymore. you could do like democracy what what uh what action do we take next cuz i think there's some board games like that like mm -hmm. pandemic i'm pretty sure maybe um uh, let's see. I know that there's uh, an animated series board game that got kickstarted, or or some similar sort of crowdfunding. Uh, it was based on Batman the Animated Series. It was like a miniatures game. It was a tactical miniatures game mm -hmm. that sort of had. I want to say it was asymmetric play. So like you were playing against somebody else, or mm -hmm. somebody was playing like as a villain, and they have their own like goon miniatures, and then there was somebody who would be playing like Batman and Robin, mm -hmm. who would have their own miniatures. We've got that werewolf-based game that's uh, like the episode of Almost Got Him, where we're playing poker and one of us is secret Batman. Yeah, that one's cool. That's a really fun game. I like that. We only played that a couple times before. Well, it's uh, hard to get enough people to do it. Before the board game shop got shut down by COVID. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Oops. Uh, sorry. The vaccine's coming soon. So we'll okay. Play. Okay. We've already we've already established this episode takes place at a certain time in a certain place with uh, revealing to the audience that it's almost my birthday, so I can mention the vaccine is coming soon. Woo! That's all I want for my birthday. So let's talk Pam. We're getting it laughed at when in the future, like the vaccine turns out to be a dud and like we're living in Mad Max world. It turns out to be mind control. People drugs. are listening to this. Yeah. Ugh. They're like, this is the downfall of civilization. Ugh, I hope it's a mind control drug. I don't want to think for We're the only anymore. media that survived. <laughs> the only media that survived. Uh, I hope we can get state funding. <laughs> state funded Batman propaganda. Okay, let's jump. Let's jump into Poison Ivy. Okay, uh, so Pamela Isley is a character who's had her origin told many a time over many a year. Um, she is always portrayed as a botanist who 
undergoes some kind of crazy lab experiment. And almost every time it's because she's been seduced by someone who means to do her harm. So <laughs> she's always some sort of like object of affection. Um, but very often it's that, you know, she's just this like nerdy or like nebbishy woman who needs to let her hair down, gets seduced, and then turns into this like sex kitten bombshell poison ivy <laughs> character. So the first uh, origins of hers that I was able to find uh, was she's a prominent botanist from Seattle. She's seduced by someone named Mark Legrand into helping him steal ancient an ancient Egyptian artifact that's full of some kind of like ancient herbs. Uh, the Le, the uh, then Legrand poisons Pam with those herbs, which just makes her immune to all natural toxins and diseases. Mm-hmm. So it makes her like super powerful. I should also mention this is not an origin that's mentioned in the comic we're gonna read, which is her first appearance. This is an origin that kind of appears later. Um, Probably was, Bronze Age. It's Bronze Age, yeah. I was kind of struck by when we were reading this comic, and we'll get into it when we actually talk about the comic. Uh, she doesn't really have any of the, like, kind of powers or abilities that we would come to, like, know her as. Although, She's... I mean, her, her her stereotypical sort of poison and seductress ways are, are very evident in this first comic. It yeah. lays the groundwork for her character. Yeah, it's like, um, it's like a prototype, almost. Yeah, yeah. The other uh, origin I have for her was she was seduced by a professor of hers, who injects her with poisons, which strangely don't kill her, but cause her to transform slash go insane. Um, And over time, she develops these plant-like superpowers, like uh, the lethal kiss toxin and control of deadly spores. And And, and that's sort of in hyperdrive in the Batman and Robin movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a professor that she's dating or something, and he like like kills her with poisons, but he doesn't actually kill her. She becomes reborn Mm -hmm. and like almost immediately has all of her powers. Mm is that the only origin stories that you have? That's the only origin stories I could find okay. for the, like, bronze age. So I have her New 52 origin story. Oh, please. <laughs> uh, in typical New 52 fashion, she has an abusive father. Aww. <laughs> and is a shut-in who loves gardening. Aww. Uh, she goes to college. There was stuff that I didn't write down. Uh, works. Then she works for Wayne Enterprises as a chemist. She tries to make mind-control drugs, uh, and then she spills them on herself while being escorted out of Wayne Enterprises Hmm. and gains her powers that way. Okay. So she's a a product of her own terrible experiments in in the New 52. Hubris. Love it. You love to see it. Yeah. Uh, I also had some interesting trivia about her. Uh, She's modeled after the 50s pinup model Betty Page. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and the other thing, I because I, I went down a Wikipedia rabbit hole, I learned that Betty Page uh, was became a born-again Christian in, like, 1959, mm-hmm. uh, to which I wrote, she's a reverse Katy Perry. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Um, and she was also based somewhat on a story, I don't know ex- the exact name of the novel, but it was a story in which a girl's father becomes poisoned and she works with a poison that killed him and becomes immune to it and in doing so, like, becomes poisonous herself. I think that's just, like, Marie Curie's, like, real-life story. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's her literal biography. 
Um, let's see. Uh, Poison Ivy calls herself an activist. Mm-hmm. She's an eco-terrorist. Yeah. <laughs> she, she gives money to eco-causes sometimes, mm-hmm. but mostly just, like, kills people who are hurting trees. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Eco-terrorists are serious. Yeah, Have you ever, like, are. looked it up? No. Don't, don't, like, bomb places. They're very... Oh, yeah. Very violent. I mean, they're similar to the way that, like, PETA will, like, blow up. Here's the thing. Okay, so there's there's the, um, I want to say it's the Eco Liberation Front. It's ELF is their, is their initials. And okay. then there's the ALF, which is the Animal Liberation Front. Mm-hmm. The ALF will do, like, protests. They might, like, throw paint on people's fur coats like PETA would. The ELF will actually, like, make a bomb and blow up a facility. <laughs> like, they're on very different terrorism levels. Jeez. Activism levels, I guess I'll say. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Other things I found out about her. She's gifted by the green. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- there's some things that I read about, like, Initially, it's thought that she gains her powers from experiments and, and chemicals, but then they sort of like retconned it so that she's gifted by the same force that gives Swamp Thing his powers. Mm. So she's actually like a, a universal force. She's got a universal force within her or something. That does make a lot of sense when you consider the fact that she got her powers like awakened from just having a bunch of toxins injected into yeah. her. Which like normally that would kill you. Yeah. There's very little explanation as to why she didn't die. So I do like <laughs> that explanation of like, oh, She's, she's a superhero. Yeah, pretty she's, much. She's always been super powerful. Uh, let's see. Other things, other interesting facts. She's part of the Gotham City Sirens. Mm-hmm. Do you know who else is in the Gotham City Sirens? Okay. Um, is it all heroes besides her? No. Is it it's all villains? Yes. Okay. Uh, Harley? Yes. Catwoman? Yep, those are the three. Oh, sweet. Gotham City Sirens is three of them. It's Harley, Ivy, and Catwoman. Uh, let's see. She what? was in the Gotham television show. She Did was the in Gotham the... City Sirens have some kind of like, are they like ever together in like a TV show or is that just sort of? Um, like a... I think that in the animated series, they did an episode where they all got together. Mm-hmm. Um, there might be a movie or something or like an animated short where they get together, but I don't think they've ever been like featured in media mm-hmm. unless there's some like CW show that they were in that I haven't seen. Yeah. Um, I'm very surprised there's not more long-term female villains. And really, Catwoman, Catwoman and Poison Ivy are the only ones that, like, go all the way back to, like, you know, the 60s, the 50s. Yeah. Uh, Harley didn't show up till the 90s. Well, yeah, yeah. You're just talking about in general or in Batman's continuity? In Batman's continuity. Just, you know, he has so many rogues. Yeah. And there's so many different things you can do with them. I mean, none more iconic than Baby Doll, but <laughs> it makes me sad that they're like so few and far between. I'm serious. I love Baby Doll. What a great origin. I think the thing about Batman is that his his rogues tend to, especially in in the Silver Age comics that we read, like a lot of the ones that aren't the vil- the main villains. Like when I go on and I read some of the extra stories that are in these, they're just like mobsters, and you don't really think of a woman mobster, and it wasn't really like. 50s 60s culture to have a woman being doing like villainous things unless she fit the sort of femme fatale seductress type archetype yeah 
Um, let's see. Where was I? She was in the Gotham television show. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was in the DC animated universe. She's been in the Harley Quinn show. She was in the Arkham games. She I was in the Injustice in the games. Show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to gush? I just like her character so much. She's so cool. Yeah. I just like her. Uh, and she was portrayed by Uma Thurman in Batman and Robin, as we already mentioned, mm-hmm. which, uh, I went back and I watched some clips to prepare for this episode and gee, that movie is really campy. Yeah. Like, like it's like those actors thought they were in the 66 television show 40 years later. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean like Joel Schumacher is, uh, he's very much wanted to like kind of infuse his own like you know lgbtq lens onto directing that so i think weird. it's 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 very obvious when you see how much of it is like that like kind of male gaze power fantasy of like wanting to like make batman this like adonis kind of character and unnecessary sexiness yeah it's i mean it's meant to be campy and it has its place in history i feel it's like a lot of so batman weird. fans don't look at it with like mm, not my cup of tea yeah i don't know it's it's just weird because they took they, they took some of the tone of Tim Burton movies and also infused it with the camp of the 66 television series. Mm-hmm. And it's this weird dissonance. I don't know. It, it's just, it weirds me out that it's got like this dark tone to it, but then also this camp like piled on top of it. Mm-hmm. It's completely wild to me that Joel Schumacher took over directing the like batman movies and they were just like yeah this is the same continuity yeah these these two directors have extremely similar visions especially because like they they keep some characters like i'm pretty sure commissioner gordon is played by the same actor Mm -hmm. but then like they swap out uh harvey dent from being uh a black guy to a white guy you know it sucks because that actor specifically took on that role because he wanted to play two-face yeah that's why who is that guy it's uh lando calrissian (laughs) i don't remember the actor's name um he he finally did get to play two-face in the batman lego movie oh okay yeah i was like yay justice good for him yeah justice for lando (laughs) okay uh is it do we have anything else to say about batman and robin no but I did want to make a small correction from last episode. Oh, okay. Um, I mentioned that uh, I was talked about the man who owns Comcast and therefore owns Philadelphia. His name is Brian Roberts, not, not John, John Roberts. Roberts. So Brian Roberts, if you're listening, shout out to you. Uh, thanks for ruining Philadelphia's skyline. Love you. <laughs> With the big middle finger building. Yeah, thanks so much. Love Comcast. Excellent, excellent cable providers. We have Verizon. Yeah, we do. This episode not sponsored by Verizon or Comcast. Yeah, but but it is sponsored by your dad. It is sponsored by my dad. We have dad. to say that legally. We have to say legally. that once an episode. Yes, sponsored by my dad. Or else he'll repossess our microphone. Does not own a major major news media corporation <laughs> yet. Uh, I don't know. Uma Thurman did a pretty good job. Like I think she did what she could with the script. Yeah, and she's a fantastic actress. Yeah, yeah. Um... <sighs> The, the only other thing that I have left on my note sheet about <laughs> Ivy is that she was in a comic, uh, Harley and Ivy meet Betty and Veronica, which, oh, an, which was an Archie Comics crossover. And they, in the comic, go to Riverdale because there's going to be some sort of thing where they're going to destroy the environment. So Ivy convinces Harvey, Harley to come with her. And then uh, they... Go to the prom, 
and Sabrina and Zatanna cast a spell, and it ends up causing Harley and Ivy to switch bodies with Betty and Veronica. I love it. <laughs> and that's like the premise of the comic. So, okay, so I'm assuming this was in the 90s. I don't know when this was. I can look it up. The like newer uh, like Riverdale Sabrina comics are like much darker. Like they're what the TV shows uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina and Riverdale are like based on. So I'm wondering if it's like that darker timeline. That'd be very cool. Let's see here. Uh, 2017, oh. 2018. Yeah, so it might be like the darker. I would. I would be. I should have looked at that. <laughs> Yeah, I love the the new direction of the Sabrina comics. Yeah, Showing Adventures of Sabrina, great comic series if you haven't read it, and a pretty good TV show. Pretty good TV show. At least season one was. Yeah, season one, season two was okay. It drops off the further you get into it. Yeah, season three was a big old mess. Wild, and I can't wait for season four. <laughs> uh, for now, I I think we should get into the comic. Unless you have anything else. No, I'm good. I enjoy all of those portrayals of Poison Ivy. She's very cool. I like her in the Arkham games, I think, the most. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a really cool, like, renaissance of her character. I like her character design. I like the... Boss like, fights. Cute little jacket she wears. You didn't... Did you play all the way through Arkham Knight? Do you know what her, mm. like, thing in the story is? No. Well, I don't want to spoil too much, but she's a big part of the plot line in Arkham Knight. And uh, she helps save Gotham City. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Good job, Pam. I feel like sometimes she's like more an anti-hero than a villain if there's like a bigger threat, especially something that's going to like hurt the planet. Yeah. She's more into like, oh, well, okay, I'll step in then. Yeah. If it's going to hurt my babies. She has, she has her moments to shine. Yeah, I like her. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. We are looking at Batman 181 first, which is the very first appearance of Poison Ivy. Uh, June 1966. Mm -hmm. Writers Robert uh, Koeniger, mm -hmm. uh, penciler Sheldon Moldov, inker Joe Giella, letterers Gaspar Joe Saladino, and editor Julius Schwartz. So uh, Robert Kaniger is credited with creating Poison Ivy. Oh. Um, he also created Black Canary. Oh. So there you go. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. He's That's really cool. He's created a couple characters. I like those. I like both of those characters. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Black Canary is awesome. Yeah, she is. He's created a, a good portion of the Birds of Prey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. So this uh, issue opens with the dynamic duo at a pop art show. Uh, with Be before that, we have the like pre-story title card. Oh sure. And it calls her a uh, it calls Poison Ivy a luscious nemesis, mm. <laughs> which I like. I don't know. I think it's a really good title. <laughs> okay. So yeah, uh, at a oh, and also on the that title page, we have Robin punching two men at once. Oh. At, at the same time. With one fist. With one fist, two men, and okay. one of them is like kind of flipped half upside down, like he got knocked off his feet. Okay. By that single punch. Yeah, I mean, he's strong. He's a <laughs> apparently teenage thunderbolt. Yeah, that's he gets right. Called again in this one. Mm -hmm. All right, so they're at this pop art show, and uh, they are admire. Oh, they're they're in their street clothes this time. They're yeah, uh, Bruce Wayne and Dick Bruce Grayson. Wayne and Dick Grayson. They're admiring these. I guess they must be like Andy Warhol esque portraits of the three deadliest women alive: Dragonfly, Silken Spider, and Tiger Moth. And these are actually characters who 
this is also their first appearance, but they've been in, in other things. I thought this was like a one and done thing for these three, but they've actually been in a couple uh, other Batman uh, portrayals before. Or, before uh, not, or not after? before, sorry, after. Oh, okay. After they show up. So they get introduced here, mm-hmm. and then they get used again. Yes. Okay. They're not used to their full effect in this comic, I would say. <laughs> um, so they're ogling these, like, and, you know, they, these are sort of, they've been photographed or painted in these very, like, you know, pin-up kind of poses. Sed- seductress. Seductress, yeah. Um, so Bruce says Dick is too young to be drooling so much over them. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly... Poison Ivy appears and says she's more beautiful and successful, um, but she has the same issue as every other Batman villain that we've come across. Mm-hmm. She needs fame. Yeah. She craves well, it. The, it's not ju- just that she needs fame, because the deal is, is she claims that she she's the number one uh, woman villain, mm-hmm. and the only reason why nobody knows is because her crimes are too perfect. Yeah. So so nobody knew it was her because her crimes are too perfect. I imagine her just like, what would it be? Like I don't know. She goes to like a part of the park that's like says like no planting and like plants like a rose and she's like my perfect crime perfect crime nobody will ever know yeah i've gotten away with millions of crime they were all small crimes but added together they make me the number one villain or she like jaywalks and she's like of course (laughs) no one will ever know (laughs) i love it villainy for the sake of villainy but now she wants fame and that's gonna ruin it yeah. Uh, so, you know, Bruce here is her saying that she's, you know, more beautiful, more dangerous. She's so successful at all of her crimes. And he's like, great. I would love for you to go tell that to the GCPD. Will you, co- will you come to the police station? And she's like, haha, oh, this isn't, sure. This isn't Bruce. This is a uh, news reporter. It is? Are you yeah. sure it wasn't Bruce? It's, yeah. I, I had they have tr- the same haircut. They do have the same haircut and they have sort of, they, they are kind of dressed similar. Same color palette. Yeah. But I think think it's supposed to be a news reporter okay um she says you know yeah she'll come on down to the gcpd but psych she's tricking everybody she explodes all the surrounding paparazzi's flashbulbs effectively blinding every single person in the room um it's i thought it was really weird that she uses an electrical device as her like method of getting away seeing as how she's so connected in every other portrayal we talked about of her to like the natural world and plant life Mm -hmm. but she instead has this electrical device made from lipstick of course that (laughs) explodes all the like light bulbs in the vicinity well yeah and and i is it in 181 or is it 183 i think it's in 183 she says that like she has a utility belt in her hair yeah it's really wild yeah we'll get to that yeah uh, so she escapes and she tells Bruce Wayne that they have a hot date. I think it must be Bruce because she turns to him and she's like, we're not going to go to the GCPD. We've got a hot date later. Is it? I think it is. I don't think it's a news well, reporter. Well, the reason I why Bruce. I think it's a news reporter is because he says, uh, wow, this could be a bigger scoop than the discovery of ice cream. No, that's this guy. Oh, it's a different It's a different, it's word a different guy. It's this man in a hat. Oh, okay. That's okay. It looked like it was coming out of out of his mouth. Yeah, no, I can see where you get confused. Okay. So, okay. yeah, it is Bruce who says that he's going to bring it down to the GCP. I'm sorry. That's okay. It's fine. 
so we, we also let's see. Uh, oh, he immediately comes on to her too. Mm-hmm. Bruce does. Uh, he's like, "You're a luscious dreamboat." Yeah, <laughs> which, which is a weird opening. Which yeah. is a weird like opener to a conversation. Oh, hey, lady, you commit crimes. You luscious dreamboat. Yeah, I love it. Uh, so while everyone in the room has been blinded by these flash bulbs, Bruce decides to change into his like Batman costume that I guess he just constantly has on him, which he says is his first public change. Yeah, he. I would have loved if everyone's sight came back while he was like half transformation. I would have loved if it was like the cowl, but like no pants, <laughs> and everyone's just like, "What's up, Batman?" And he's like, ah, I'm after poison ivy, and I seem to have lost my pants. (laughs) Uh, So Batman blindly tries to follow Ivy, and he immediately falls down an elevator shaft. Good luck there. After calling her a dangerous dish. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, and this blind Batman falls down an elevator shaft. He's got a lawsuit on his hands. Yeah. There's just a sign here. There's no, like, uh... Tape. There's no caution tape. There's no... The doors of the elevator shaft should be closed. They should. While you're working on an elevator shaft, it should be the doors should be closed. Wouldn't you think they would have turned off the electricity in the elevator for that? Probably. I, they should have. Yeah. He does this, this maneuver where he catches the cables and is able to jump like into the open door of the lobby. And he even mentions something that really made me cringe. Something about like, oh, if my wrists don't break. Yeah. And I was like, ew, I hate it. That would be terrible. He's, ugh. Well, luckily his wrists don't break and he's able to get away safely because of the Silver Age. Maybe they had to put that in there just in case somebody tried to like Mm -hmm. jump into an elevator shaft and grab onto the cable. Kids, don't try this at home. Your wrists will break. Yeah. Uh, So Ivy has paid mobsters to stand outside and beat beat up anyone who comes out of the like the art house are they mobsters or are they gangsters mobsters or are they just passers-by hired goons that she's slipped a cool hundo no they must be some sort of hired goons because every citizen in gotham is not a criminal is a good person uh because it says i poison ivy gave us a hundred bucks a piece to stay out in the fresh air and promised us another century note for each mug we stopped yeah only only villains say things like mug Oh, okay. Yeah, that's how you know. So they were criminals beforehand. I guess she went to like the goon hiring agency and got these guys. Of course. No, she went underground and she found the molehill gang and she was like, hey, I need your help. Oh, that's right. Because we did see in another comic that they have like a a bar that's frequented by all the villains. That was the one that Riddler went and (laughs) and, uh, like bragged at. Yeah, you can just go to any random bar and pick up a bunch of guys. That's exactly how it works. Who will do crimes for you for the right price. They'll stand outside for a cool hundo (laughs) and beat people up. Even if they don't even care if it's Batman or not. Yeah. Uh, So Batman fights, and this becomes a Daredevil comic because he's somehow still blinded. Yeah. Um, And he's able to sort of like feel where their punches are coming from. And it's like, oh, I know what to do. And just punches in the direction. In the direction that he got punched from. Are coming from. Yeah. Yeah. Because these people know how to punch but not defend. Um, And then... Ivy has that old, uh, you know, hero's girlfriend dilemma. Who do I like more, Batman or Bruce Wayne? Who am I going to date? And the answer <laughs> is Bruce Wayne. We have had this debate before. I am not having it again. <laughs> Bruce Wayne would be a better boyfriend than Batman. But I mean, Batman also in these panels gets 
really weird about Ivy immediately. Yeah. Again, with, like, the, the fact that he came on to her so strong, and then also, like, he's talking to Robin just casually about, like, I don't want to put her in jail because she's way too pretty. Yeah. It's like, what a weird thing to say about a person you've just met. It kind of gets explained later, but not really. We'll yeah. get to it. Okay. It's not how that works. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Robin shows up. He's not stupid. He waited for a sight to come back and then took the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess it's never explained that they can both now see, but it seems like they can both now see. Yeah, they regain their sight. Yeah. That man, I don't know, he gets very excited about Ivy and Robin tells him to chill the F out about it. Yeah. I guess this is what you were talking about where he's like, ah, oh, she's so beautiful. I can't put her behind bars. Yeah, it's so weird. And Robin's like, are you going to be okay? Like, <laughs> what? And this is where I guess I can understand people being like, ah, oh, this is homosexual propaganda is poisoning our children. Because I really think that, you know, besides the fact that in the very very beginning of the comic, when Robin was like, oh, these ladies are hot, for the mm-hmm. most part, he's like, ugh, why are you so obsessed with this girl? <laughs> also, later he calls Batman Big Daddy three that's in, times. That's in 183. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Hey, maybe Robin's bi. I'm fine with it. Okay. I don't know. Poison it, Ivy is. We didn't cover that in her Rogue Roundup section. Yeah. Her, canonically? Oh, yeah. She and uh, Harley, Harley are canonically married now. Well, in the Injustice universe. She and I. She and Harley are canonically married in the Injustice universe. Yeah. And, and they, I think they date or they, they're like, it depends. Sometimes they're like really good friends. Sometimes they date. It depends yeah. on continuity. Yeah. Her relationship with Harley and the Harley Quinn show is really interesting. They're like... They're trying to be friends. They keep ruining it by, like, being intimate. And they know it's, like, not good for their friendship. At least Ivy thinks so. But Harley's like, no, I love you. And it's, like, a whole thing. Yeah. Uh, anywho. Yeah. Back to the comic. Back to the comic. Back to the the, the 60s where it's a little more complicated than that, unfortunately. Um, so, yeah. Ivy unleashes her secret weapon. Which is stirring up drama. I was going to say, uh, a woman's scheme. <laughs> I loved this part. That was so funny. So she writes these letters. She sits down at her writing desk and writes letters. With like a quill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's got a feather. To the three uh, <laughs> villains that we saw at the very beginning of the comic. Dragonfly, Silken Spider, and Tiger Moth. Mm-hmm. Um, basically insulting all three of them. So As the other one. Yeah. So they're specifically ranked somehow. Yeah. Dragonfly is number one, Silken Spider is number two, Tiger Moth is number three, like, most wanted villainous, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And I'm like, who's doing these rankings? Well, it's is like it, America's most wanted. Is it the FBI? Is it Maxim? Is it People Magazine? I mean, who who was America's most wanted was the FBI, That's right? That's the FBI. Uh, yeah. It could be GCPD, too. GCPD's most wanted female villains? Uh, maybe. I don't why? know. Or the U.S. government. So FBI? What why, do you mean, why? Why would they gender it like that? Uh, I don't know, because it's the 60s and they're regressive. I don't know if there's any women on the FBI's top 10 most wanted. Probably not. Yeah. Most of them are like drug cartel guys, aren't they? Most of them, yeah. Who do you think's number one on the FBI's current most wanted? I have no idea. Why would I know that? I bet it's, well, it used to be Osama Bin Laden. Did we catch El Chapo? Is that somebody? I think he was in jail in Mexico, but then he broke out or something. I think he's been caught. Okay. I want to say it's Elon Musk. And now I'm, <laughs> Musk. Now I'm going to search it. For space crimes. For space crimes. All right. Let me look. Okay. Hard cut and one Google search later. 
It's uh, this guy who's wanted for uh, murdering his coworker, which is sad. Um, it is sad. Yeah. Why are we talking about real terrible sad crimes on I our know. Silver Age Goofy podcast? There's no women on the FBI's most wanted fugitive list. However, gender equality, there is a couple women on their most wanted list for white collar crimes, including mm. one woman who's wanted for mail fraud, who <laughs> failed to appear in court in like 2005 and then just disappeared. And since mail fraud, I guess they haven't been looking that hard for her <laughs> but she did escape and is currently on the lam so good for her honestly what kind of mail fraud uh just i don't know uh something about embezzlement some kind of insurance uh, company okay yeah it's a white collar crime so <laughs> no harm no foul no harm harm only to corporations and they're not people so who cares uh, uh well, the government uh, says otherwise uh, citizens united all right yeah. <laughs> anywho uh yeah, so 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 she sends she sends letters. Poison Ivy sends letters to these three women, uh, each insulting the other one and telling them that they should show up somewhere and show up to fight each e- other. Each other. <laughs> but it's weird because she specifically, they each know that they're ranked, and she specifically is like, "You're not number two and they're like, "I'll show her, I'm number two, and then <laughs> Tiger Moth, who's number three, is like, "I'll show them, I can be numbers." One, two, and three. And I'm like, that's not how it works, girl. <laughs> that's not how ranking. I think that's why Tiger Moth's number three is she's the dumbest. <laughs> uh, so yeah, she challenges them all to show up and fight each other. And she also writes letters to both Batman, okay, Batman and, Bruce, and Wayne, Bruce Wayne. Which again, begs the question to me, uh, does Batman have like a P.O. box? Yeah, she says it's the GCPD. <laughs> Great. Same okay. place where they send the penguins. Great. Okay. Yeah. And so Batman says, like, we'll go and go to this fight, I guess, even though they know that it's going to be, like, a trap. Yeah. Everybody goes to this even though that they know it's going to be a trap. I like, though, that everyone shows up early because they think they're going to get the jump on their competition. Yeah. So she doesn't just invite Bruce Wayne, Batman, and the three most wanted ladies. She invites, like... A bunch of gangs All as well. of Gotham's under underworlds to fight each other over their petty squabbles because she just is a queen and this is her power. <laughs> I'm obsessed. Uh, so Batman and Robin parachute in in the most dangerous possible way in this group of, like, fighting villains. And people start shooting at them, too, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Like, the it. mobsters have guns and they try to shoot them down. Yeah. Oh, I also had a question. Uh, I guess, I mean, if we're ranking them one, two, and three, like, I wonder how, how there, is it like by body count? Uh, I was thinking it could be by one of two things. It could be, uh, like amount of damage done in terms of dollar value. Okay. Or it could be like prison, like theoretical prison sentence by number of years. Hmm. So, like, let's say you committed, like, a crime that carries 10 years and a crime that ter- carries 12 years. You you have, like, 22 years on your record or whatever, mm-hmm. and that's what you're wanted for. But if somebody has, like, 25 years, they would rank higher than you. Could it what? be based on hotness? I Potentially. don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Put yourself in the shoes of a 1960s police officer <laughs> in a comic book. <laughs> Could it be based on hotness? Uh... Perhaps. Perhaps. Well, if it's know. like a popularity contest, yeah. <laughs> you think that the ranking is done by like GQ or something? That's what I was thinking. I was thinking it's like Maxim's Hot 100, but for villainesses. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. 
It seems like they think that it's about skill, though. Yeah. It's about who can fight better. Yeah. Uh, Here's the other weird thing. This is the second time that Batman in this comic is called a millionaire sportsman. Yeah. What is a millionaire sportsman? I have no idea. Is it just because he's like... He doesn't do sports. Not in this comic. I mean, he's played tennis once or twice, I'm sure. He fishes a lot in the television show. Racquetball. Which television show? The 66 television show. He goes fishing? Well, he doesn't actually go fishing. He tells uh, Aunt What's-Her-Face that uh, they're going to go fishing every time they need to be Batman and Robin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aunt Harriet. Okay. <laughs> so you're thinking Okay, of. Aunt Harriet. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, Ivy, I thought it was weird that she's like, ooh, Batman has to fight Bruce Wayne, but he has to do that every day of his life. Little does she know. Oh. The internal struggle within him. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm painting this 1960s comic with a 1985 brush. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so Ivy literally created a battle royale for all of Gotham's criminals. And Batman and Robin start coming out on top. Uh, oh, the, but the three women decide, like, hey, let's call a truce and try and beat Batman and Robin first. Yeah. And then we'll go back to fighting amongst ourselves. Yeah, you know, one thing at a time. But then they, but then they're like, I guess they decide that they should ditch. Mm-hmm. So, because, like, Batman and Robin are, are wrecking camp among, mm-hmm. like, all the other guys. Robin has this fantastic line, because Batman's kind of, like, he's still getting all, like, goo-eyed about Ivy, and he's like, oh, she's just a doll. Mm-hmm. And Robin says, yeah, she belongs in a dollhouse with, with bars. bars. And I was like, got him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so anyway, they try to flee, and Poison Ivy is like, oh, uh, well, I was actually going to give a crown to the winner. I love it. She tries to distract the women with a shiny crown. Which works, because they start fighting each other. But it's electrified. It's their second appearance of using electric stuff in yeah, this comic. Yeah, that's true. That's which true. Which is weird. Um, so, it's not weird. It's a silver age. This yeah. is Like, uh, electricity was all the rage. Well, it's weird to me. It's weird because she is so known for, like, the natural world. I, I guess. Know, it's weird. It's funny that you say, like, it was, like electricity was all the rage in, in the 60s. I was watching uh, The Avengers. This is not a Marvel podcast, but I was watching The Avengers the other day. And uh, there's this great part where uh, Steve and Tony are, like, trying to, like, fight people outside the 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 helipad port thingy, the big ship that they're on. Okay. And uh, Tony asks Steve to, like, tell him about some, like, thing that's broken. And Steve looks at it, and he's like, it appears to be powered by electricity. And Tony's just like, okay, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, it's certainly electric. Uh (laughs) So, I like it. Exactly. Uh, Yeah, electricity, big thing. Big new thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was, uh, like, what, 40 years old at this point? In terms of, like, wide usage. Yeah. Cities didn't start getting it until, like, the 20s or whatever. Something like that. Yeah. So, but, I know, it's still still new in, like, rural areas. When did Edison electrocute an elephant at Coney Island? Uh, I think that was, like, late 1800s. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Love it. Uh, so Poison Ivy gets uh, very excited seeing Batman fight these mm-hmm. big crowds of people. So she kisses him. Yeah. And here is where Robin figures out the grand plot and the reason why Batman's been so goo-eyed over Poison Ivy. At least it seems like this is what they're explaining. Um, Poison Ivy has chloroform lipstick, which is making Batman dizzy. So that's kind of close to plant stuff. It's at least poison stuff. It is poison. I guess chloroform kind of. is not really 
plant-based. Yeah. Well, I don't think that was the original thing that made him goo-goo over her. It's I think because she's hot. Yeah, I think it's just because she's hot. I, th- this chloroform thing was just so she could get away. I or guess, so she could knock him out. I mean, it also, chloroform, it makes you fall, it makes you pass out. So I, well, I it'll guess, just make you dizzy if it's in small doses. I guess so. That's why you like can't think straight. We think it's because she's so beautiful. Yeah. But Robin knows the truth. Yeah. And then there's uh, Poison Ivy, uh, like, tries to get away, and (laughs) Robin says, she's climbing the wall like she was Ivy. And then I love this part. She thinks she's going to get away because Batman's dizzy, but instead he just, like, throws a batarang right at her (laughs) and knocks her (laughs) off the wall. Still an expert marksman with the batarang, even if he's dizzy. Yeah. Um, And then she falls in his arms, and they take her off to jail. Yeah. And that's the end of this comic. That's the end of this comic. But Which, it's only part one. Yeah, to be continued. Yeah. Thus, and the, uh, <laughs> thus, quote unquote, ends one of Batman's most astonishing battles against villainy. But did he really win? And then they tell you to read the next comic. Yeah. So we're moving on to 183. And you might go, hey, Josh, Batman 181, the next number is 182, not 183. That's not how this works. You'd be wrong. You'd be wrong because 183 is like the big Batman book or something. Mm-hmm. I guess they came out with these every so often where it would be a big collection of previous Batman stories. Mm-hmm. So the next one has stories that had already been run. Like I think uh, Crazy Quilt or Rainbow Man or something is in the next one. Okay. <laughs> it's not Poison Ivy. Okay. But then we move on to 183. Which is the comic where Poison Ivy shows up again, and it has this cover that implies that Batman has fallen for her and is springing her out of prison and and doing crime with her. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's not actually what happens in the comic, but let's go through it and, and see what it actually does happen. Uh, Bruce Wayne goes on a bunch of dates, and in every woman that he dates, he sees Poison Ivy instead, Mm -hmm. uh, sort of like whispering in his ear. I don't know if it's supposed to be like a implanted thing or if it's literally just his, his mental state. I think he just thinks she's pretty. Yeah. I mean, probably. He calls one of these women Vicky. Did you recognize the names of any of the other women? No, I didn't. Trina and something else. Oh, okay. It might not be Vicky Vale. It just might just be It's spelled names. different than Vicky Vale. Oh, okay. Because uh, Vicky Vale, I think, just has an I at the end. This is I-E. Mm. Um, and then they do crime fighting, but Batman seems distracted um and let's see here oh we we go to poison ivy in her cell and uh she is has this thing she goes i want batman to have this pocket mirror i made for him and a letter telling him that i'm glad he sent me here so i can repent for my evil ways and maybe then he'll think of me as a lovable girl next door that's funny (laughs) that's all she wants (laughs) <laughs> that little gift is going to send him in here flying to free me. Uh, and yeah, so he gets the gift and he's like, oh, maybe she is changing her ways. Uh, I, again, I don't know if this is supposed to be sort of sort of telepathic thing because he he stares into it and it has Poison Ivy's face 
and it's like telling him like you have to spring me out of jail we need to be together we need to do crimes together mm. and all the time robin is being indignant about it like why are you acting like this also he calls batman big daddy like three times in this comic it's great which makes me very uncomfortable yeah <laughs> i loved it i love when they're he's like you got it big daddy <laughs> Very, very uncomfortable. That's a great thing to call your boss. I start uh, calling my boss Big Daddy. <laughs> Which one? I hope, I hope she likes it. <laughs> All of my bosses are female. Well, unless you count the CEO of the company. I was going to say call the CEO of the company Big call, Daddy. Actually, I do. I call him, I call him, I'm not going to reveal the name of the CEO of my company, but I call him Daddy in his first name. <laughs> not to his face. I've only met him once. I was going to say twice. to his face? No, I've never, I've never called him Daddy to his face, but whenever I, whenever I have to do like a payout to buy like a new hire lunch or anything, I'm like, this one's on Daddy. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I'm sure that he'll love to know that. Yeah, well, he'll never know. Okay. Uh, yeah, so Robin, like, takes him out for fresh air to get his mind off Poison Ivy, and it doesn't work because Batman's still staring at this mirror and thinking about Poison Ivy. Uh, and then there's criminals on the boat, and they fight the criminals, but again, Batman is distracted, and he, he says that Batman was... Knocked over like he was caught in the rush of Ladies' Day in a bargain basement. Mm-hmm. Which is a wild, like, thing to say. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was it's a simile, a metaphor. Read it again. It's, okay. Knocked over uh-huh. like he was caught in the rush of a Ladies' Day in a bargain basement. That's a simile. Okay. Because he uses like her ass. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's just a, it's a long thing to say while in the middle of a fight. That's a kind of a sexist thing to say. Is it? A little bit. I mean, the modern equivalent would be like knocked over. In like, a Black Friday it, sale. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully not this year. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> no, today I did my, my Black Friday order. Is uh, I spent two hundred two no $20,000 more than the company thought I should. I should really? I yeah. I don't think they forecasted that it was going to be Black Friday though. So. Okay. Let's see here. Uh, he eventually he like comes to his senses. He crushes this mirror, and he sends the broken pieces back to Poison Ivy when she's sitting in jail, mm. which is so rude, very mean, incredibly mean. I mean, she's a criminal. It, but it seems like she planned for this because she becomes like incredibly depressed, and she plays like she's super sick and like love sick because Batman is dissed her like this. Mm. Um, Batman comes to see her because, I, I don't know, I guess they call him in to bring her back to her senses or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's like, ha ha, it was all a ruse. And she says that she has explosive hair and that she's going to blow everyone up in the room if Batman doesn't take her out of the prison. I wonder if she's Gotham's first suicide bomber. She, well, no, because she's not a suicide bomber. Because she doesn't actually commit suicide. She's, uh... She's got an explosive device attached to her. Unless it's a wig. Is it a wig? I have no idea. Maybe it's a wig. Absolutely no idea. Mm. Uh, Wig. She... This... This is like a hostage situation, though. I guess. It's it's a kind of like, I'll take you all with me type deal. That's a suicide bomber. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I thought suicide bombers were people who actually went through with it. 
Oh, well, it's an attempted suicide bomber. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. You just reminded me of this song. I don't know if we want to leave this in, but uh, there's a song by, I think it's some like Australian band, and it's like, they call me the suicide bomber who blew up the bus last week. He goes to jail and people accuse him of being a suicide bomber. And he says, like, that's not possible because I would be dead. Mm-hmm. And they still bully him. Why did he go to jail if he didn't go through with it? I, I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe he was already in jail and they just gave him that moniker. Okay. I don't know. I'll have to listen to the song again. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah. Uh, Batman takes Poison Ivy out into a, a, a car that's waiting that has goons. This thing has suicide doors, I, I just realized. Mm-hmm. At least it looks like it. They open, the back door opens uh, the wrong way. Oh, no. Um, let's see. Yeah, they get in a, a, the police chase after them. Poison Ivy throws her explosive hair at them and uh, makes the police cars overturn, which... Kind of surprised me, because I thought she was bluffing with the whole explosive hair thing. I didn't think that explosives in a strand of hair were possible. Well, that's why it's a wig. I guess. I guess. I don't know. Uh, Batman tries to pull on the wheel of the car and knock them, like, off the road. But the wheel of the car has been poisoned. Oh, yeah. Because she's poison ivy. So he gets knocked out, and then he wakes up, and she has him on a leash, which is really weird. These comics are really weird. Well, that's the conceit of our podcast. I know. I, and then we get a, a return of, of a big cat under under the um, employ of an of a villain because mm-hmm. she brings out a panther to, I guess, try and get Batman to like wake up because he doesn't eat. She tries to feed him and he doesn't eat, and she's like, "Oh no, he's not eating!" So I gotta like scare him up. And so she gets a panther to come and hurt him. I don't... This is, again, really crazy. I don't really understand what she's trying to accomplish here. Mm. Um, Villainy. I guess, yeah. She brings a rubber tube to try and force feed Batman, but then it scares the panther because he thinks it's a whip or something. And Batman is like, get it away from the panther. And then he kisses her... But then while he's kissing her, he ties her up with the tube and then sends her back to jail. Okay. And that's the end of this comic. That was a really, really, really unnecessary comic, honestly. Yeah. It doesn't tell us any new information about Ivy or like really show her in any sort of positive light. No, it doesn't. I don't know. I don't understand why they couldn't write this as an addition to the last comic. It's not very long. It's... Mm -hmm. It's like a one-parter, I think, in, in the, these three-part comics. Um, and they really talk it up because they say in one of these panels that uh, the most startling climax that was ever conceived by the human imagination mm. is what they call this. But I, I can think of some more startling climaxes than that. Yeah, definitely. This is just a confu- it's just a confusing comic. It's all over the place. I think it was, I mean, it really was just to sell comics. It was so that in the previous issue, they could say, you know, tune in next time to see what Poison Ivy does. Yeah, see Batman betray everything for the love of a woman. Exactly, yeah. And then, you know, again, they have that that title card that's like, oh, he's helping out Poison Ivy. 
but really he's doing it because he's under duress. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel duped, listeners. How about you? Yeah, really. Uh, great. Anything else you want to say about this comic or the last one? Uh, not really. Huh? I mean, Poison Ivy at the end of this is like, you know, you'll fall for me again. And Robin... And she's right, I will. <laughs> uh, Robin says, like, that won't happen. And maybe I'll fall for her next time. Because mm-hmm. he's a weird pervert. Well, no, he says, you know, next time she calls, I'll answer. Which I know you were a little confused about. Yeah. The The interpretation I'm going with is that... Next time she calls, Robin's going to intercept the signal so that Batman can't get hurt again because Robin's a true friend and he would do anything for Big Daddy. He, he keeps Big Daddy out of trouble yeah. by keeping him away from uh, poisonous women. Yeah. Uh. Uh. <laughs> uh, yeah. So moral of the story, uh, don't go to visit your nemesis in jail. Yeah. Even if she's faking being sick, because what, what are you supposed to do? What's that going to do for her? Mm. Um, moral of the other story, if you want to cause drama, send everyone you know anonymous hate mail saying <laughs> that it's from other people that they don't like and challenging them to a fight in one central location because that makes you a queen. Set up a battle royale mm-hmm. and, along with an electrified crown. Yeah. <laughs> Among all your enemies. Yeah. The enemy of my enemies is... Just more enemies. Yeah. And then kiss, And they can fight it out. Kiss your nemesis. Because that's fun. <laughs> and it'll confuse them. It'll confuse them. Yeah. Make them all dizzy. Especially if you're wearing chloroform lipstick. Yeah. Uh, moral of the story, don't make lipstick out of chloroform because it's bad for you. <laughs> it Well, they, they explain the fact that she didn't get affected by it, that she has nose filters. I guess. But I don't think that that works like that. Mm. I feel like chloroform would still hurt you even if you had filters. They'd Probably. have to be really strong filters. Yeah, especially if it's on your lips. She's just like not eating or drinking anything all day. Yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah, she would have to make sure that it didn't come off. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Great. So, yeah, we're not going to do who would win because Ivy has superpowers, and so the answer is she would win. She wins everything. Pretty much every time. She's, she's the pettiest one. She's the, <laughs> she's the queen of the poison pen, and I love her. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode of Batmates. Um, we will be back next week with our 10th episode. Will we? Yeah. I think maybe we should announce now that we're going to put it off. Because next week is Thanksgiving. Next week is Thanksgiving. Yeah. So I think we should, especially because I want our 10th episode to be a big one. Yeah. We'll spend two weeks on it. Yeah. We'll spend two weeks on it. We're, we're guaranteeing it's going to be a big one because we guarantee it's going to be a big villain. Yeah. No spoilers yet, but that's just a little a little taste. I wonder a, if we can find a Thanksgiving themed comic. A little a little thing to wet your appetite. Yeah, but happy Thanksgiving everybody. Happy my birthday to all of you. <laughs> I hope you enjoy it. I hope you have a fantastic my birthday. Um, oh my goodness. If you want to send me a birthday card, you can send it to batmatespodcast at gmail.com. And send hate mail to batmatespodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Well, birthday greetings, hate mail, whatever you want. Exactly. Um, our theme song was created by Ben Dean. You can find him at tinyurl.com slash Ben Dean. That's B-E-N-D-E-A-N-E. And our logo was created by Savannah Storm. You can find her at instagram.com slash art.by.savvy.s. 
And yeah, I hope you have a good week. Happy Thanksgiving. We're thankful to you, all of our listeners. We're all thankful for you. Yeah. And uh, stay safe. Don't see your family. (laughs) Bye. Love you. (laughs)